0: I
1: am Dean Linky, and it is a gigantic show today as we have some amazing, bright soccer coaching minds on the program. We kick off the show with Big D, Donna Fisher, a leadership coach and team architect who breaks down this topic, pushing players to get more from them. It's a deep dive with Big D, and you will like it. After Donna... It's the first of a three part series on the new collaboration between My Mentor, spelled M I M E N T O R, that brings all of our members a new mentoring soccer coaches diploma. Ian Barker, our fine director of coaching education with United Soccer Coaches, drives the conversation with Sarah McQuaid, My Mentor's coach development mentor, and My Mentor director, James Baker. You will love this three-part series, and as I said, today is part one. And finally, courtesy of the new public relations top man for the association, Jonas Worth, we wrap up our show with a special visit with Steph Savino. She is a director with Major League Soccer working in the retail side of the MLS operation, but she is also a soccer coach who routinely looks for ways to get young women, young girls interested in coaching. Another person who says... If you can see it, you can be it. That's our show. It's a good one, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap.
0: Does managing your club or league feel like a second job?
1: Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. As I mentioned in the open, we have a jam-packed show and we are thrilled to lead off with Big D, Donna Fischer, a distinguished leadership coach and team architect who lives by the motto, inspiring greatness in game and life, and a regular featured presenter for the United Soccer Coaches convention, and various other United Soccer Coaches medium. You can learn all about her work by visiting her website at Donna Fischer. That's F-I-S-H-T, don't forget the T-E-R.com. Today, Donna, a.k.a. Big D, will be discussing the topic, pushing players to get more from them. Welcome, Big D. Welcome, Donna.
2: Awesome to be here, Dean. And hey, I heard you are the big homie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't figure out if that's a weight thing, Donna, or if
2: uh, uh Sean Soderling from Soccer Chat. He's like, Oh, you gotta you gotta tell Dean that to laugh.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I will laugh. I love Sean Soderling and always enjoy spending time with you as we dive right in i'm going to set the stage for our conversation with donna's own words as it will give you a snapshot into what is stirring in her and where this conversation will go here's what she sent to me again this is from our guest donna fischer as i read it now there are three things to consider when wanting to get more out of players coaching style coaching environment and player mentality So many times I hear coaches point at player mentality and say, quote, it's on the player, end quote. And coaches might even give players some help with the mental side of the game. Cool. I agree that players have responsibility in this and that coaches need to spend more time on the mental side of the game with players. Yet we don't put enough consideration on our own coaching style and how that style creates a certain environment where players are expected to excel. Pushing players and getting more out of them has everything to do with the coach-player relationship. And because we are the coach, it is our responsibility to take the lead here. Coaches need to continue getting better at building relationships and growing our quote people skills, end quote. Coaches need to do a deep dive and consider if their interaction and communication with players is actually effective. I'm not talking about being a great communicator of the game or teaching models. Do you effectively, through interactions and communication, convey to an athlete that you believe in them, that you value who they are and what they do, and will do everything you can to help them succeed? Keep in mind, actions, demeanor, attitude, facial expressions, body language, as well as words are all part of communication. Does your coaching style, the way you interact and communicate, does it effectively get more out of your players? Your coaching style is affecting the people in front of you every day for better or worse. So with that as the backdrop, thanks to you, Donna, in your own words, as you talk with coaches, what are they wanting more of from their athletes? What specific areas are we talking about?
2: This is the universal need that coaches have at so many levels of the game. Coaches, I would say want actually want more confidence, more commitment, toughness, competitive drive and ownership of development youth players and college problem is we expect them to have all of these already and many don't Now, of course there's levels i would say but for all intents and purposes these are the common topics that come up when when i'm talking to coaches now over the years i hear
1: coaches saying quote players have changed they aren't the same as previous youth growing up what do you think about that big d give us a glimpse of today's player
2: yeah, players are not the same. I've been coaching for 25-plus years, and I can tell you that they're different from the beginning of my career, with the exception of a small percentage, which I would classify as elite, okay? But, I mean, this might be hard for athletes to hear, but most of the time we've got average, above-average talent, average, or slightly average confidence, commitment, toughness, competitive drive, right? All of those things we just talked about. And you'll hear the word entitled quite a bit when you are in a group of coaches. Oh, my athletes, they're so entitled. Listen, any athletes listening, you may not even realize that, but I want to be very clear is that this is through no fault of your own. Seriously, athletes are grown up in a time of instant gratification. If they want to know anything, they, they can Google it, right? If they, if they want to talk to anybody around the world, they can hit a button on their phone and connect. And so, The time that it takes to get better and invest in their career, it sometimes can be just this foreign idea, right? So the entitled piece is going to be in the conversation. I would add that athletes today are not equipped to deal with failure, not equipped to deal well with discomfort and with pure honesty if they don't like what they're hearing. So coaches do have to do more these days.
1: So what are key areas to consider when we think about pushing an athlete, even challenging or pushing a colleague?
2: I think we would all agree that pushing athletes is needed, right? We need to to stretch them. But where we differ is probably actually on how that is carried out. And my go-to performance psychologists are Dan Abrahams and and Michael Gervais. Dan talked recently on a a podcast about the integration of three areas that I think fit this topic of pushing our athletes. And it is the areas of coaching style, coaching environment, and player mentality. Now, player mentality, I can say easily, this is on the player. And we have to equip the players. And equipping is not just telling them they need to get tougher or, hey, you need to build your confidence. You can't tell someone to hammer a nail and not give them the tool that they need. So player mentality is a piece of being able to push an athlete. The other two, I realize that some coaches might push back on this and that's fine. But I've seen with my own eyes and I've talked to players that tell me stories that need help dealing with, guess what, coaching style and Communication, how someone is communicating with them. And listen, they're in the people business. So it is about how the other person feels, how the player feels, because feelings are going to impact their behavior, their actions, their performance. So how a person feels, how they're receiving something, can we help them process that? Yes. And we can also work on our end of how we're presenting it right? The perception they have is real. The quote, perception is reality. And so we have to look at it from this angle.
1: So besides the players learning stronger mental skills and toughness, you're saying that coaches need to consider their coaching style. What specifically, Donna, do they need to look at? If a coach wanted to self-evaluate, which I love this, what would you have them do or what would you have them look at, Donna?
2: I have two metaphors in my head regarding pushing. So I want to throw those out there first. You know, the question is, are you pushing your player or are you pushing him or her over, figuratively speaking? What I mean by over is literally pushing them over, falling down, failing, right? So that's a, that's a metaphor, a picture I have in my head. The other one is, are you pushing your player? So if you imagine standing behind players, so if, and again, figuratively speaking, pushing them, well, are you pushing them and following behind and going with them? Or are you pushing them, and still standing where you are and kind of wave at them and say, okay, I'm pushing you, go do it, right? And you just kind of leave them by themselves. We got to go with them. That's the equipping part. So there's two things I would have coaches consider as far as self-evaluation. How are you saying things? What are your choice of words? Beyond that, is there incongruence to what you're saying? Meaning you're talking on two ends of the spectrum. I like get at one point you saying how much you care about the players and you believe in them. But then on the other end of the spectrum, how you're coaching them, the words that are coming out of your mouth are incongruent with that. We've got to do a deep dive here. Now, Tony Dungy and Jay Billis, actually recently, I don't know if you saw it, they echoed kind of the same type of message on Twitter. And I thought it was great for us today, this topic. Jay said, you can be demanding without being demeaning. This is the guy that wrote a book on toughness. Fantastic player, high level. And Tony Dungy echoed the same message. And he said, the essence of coaching. Tony Dungy, the essence of coaching, teaching, leadership. Demanding yes, derogatory no. So action steps here for coaches. Like one idea is record yourself audio or you can do video also. In a training session, at a game, that can be eye-opening. And then ask your players, Literally ask them, and I would say one-on-one, this has to be, you know, in one-on-one meetings. What were you feeling when I said that, you know, whatever it was in that training session? You know, what was your perception? How did you interpret what I said the way that I said it? And listen to their answer and don't, don't should on them. Well, you shouldn't feel that way, or you should receive it this way. No, we can't, what they're saying is real. We can't, should, air quotes, On players. I like players to have a list of emotions as possibilities. I literally will have on my phone or have a piece of paper. I put it in front of the player and I say, okay, running the gamut of of emotions, right? Because we always just go to the happy, sad, angry, frustrated, you know, kind of the the top six to eight that are just our go-to. Listen, if I can pinpoint more the exact emotion that kid is feeling, It gives me more information. A player being afraid to make mistakes is one thing, but is it afraid or is it humiliation, rejection, insecurity? They're afraid they're going to get ridiculed. They feel insignificant. If I can pinpoint those emotions, it gives me more information. A player could be angry. Being angry is one thing, but is it something else? Is it a feeling of being threatened, hurt, distant, withdrawn? violated devastated embarrassed that gives me more information so we've got our choice of words evaluate yourself ask the questions and provide a list of emotions so you can pinpoint more what is going on what is that perception That is reality right so that's first second in the coaching World, we we talk about this, right? It's look at the individuals. We can't coach our players all the same. They're all in the same generation, yes, yet they they have differences based on their backgrounds and their stories. So I'm not going to give the same coaching style to all of them. Dean, are you going to drive your car the same exact way if it's a sunny, clear day, if it's heavy rain and there's standing water in the road, or if there's snow and going to drive your car the exact same way on all three of those days and we have different individuals in front of us but coaches say well i coach the team too yes and this is the art of coaching and yes sometimes it can be difficult we have to look at the individual so action steps here again be strategic with questions you ask and have a plan for your meetings and get to know your athletes ask them strategic specific questions that's going to help you get into their mind their thoughts and feelings so that you know how to coach them
1: we're here with donna fischer today's topic is pushing players to get more from them donna fischer a distinguished leadership coach and team architect who lives by the model inspiring greatness in game and life The coach-player relationship is a topic discussed quite a bit. Where does this fit into the idea of pushing an athlete, Donna? How important is the relationship if we want to get more out of our athletes?
2: Just because you meet with each player and have this intent to build a relationship doesn't mean it's happening. Relationship is about building rapport, harmonious connection. Relationship is about seeing them first as a human being a person and then as a player. Dean, I always say people are the competitive advantage. Humans, if I can provide what a human needs in the relationship, they're most likely going to run through a brick wall for me. So very simply, a couple things about humans. Humans are hardwired for connection, connection with another human being. And it's in that connection that we find meaning. If a a player has that, you're going to be able to push them more. The greatest emotional needs for humans is safety, mattering, and belonging. Safety. I mean, this is a session all on its own. Safety. Of course, physical safety, but emotional safety. Can they take risks? Can they be themselves? Can they be honest? Safety is, is a huge topic. Do they matter as an individual? Do they know they matter? How you treat them. Belonging. Do they feel that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. They have a purpose side of your environment, in your culture. The greatest motivation people have is when a person has autonomy, mastery, and purpose. When they have those three things, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, they're gonna be highly motivated. This is humans we're talking about. And what humans need in a relationship, they need appreciation, autonomy, and acceptance Acceptance. Think about it. From, from a young age, they need acceptance from their parents, obviously, first. And as they get older, who does that expand to? Well, it expands to their friends. But then the next sort of authority figure, let's say, is coaches. Right? They, they want to be accepted. This is the angle I come from, Dean, is the people side. As a coach, if I can provide these things for an athlete, it is going to allow me to push them more because they're going to be able to handle it. Well,
1: talk about the ideal environment for a player to excel, Dr.
2: I have thoughts here from Dan Abrahams and Michael J also, and sort of have added uh, some of my own just from, from other experiences and reading and, and stuff like that. So for me, ideal environment, the topic we're talking about is first got to have a, a growth mindset. And so that, encompasses the stretch and support with an athlete. I'm going to stretch them, which is the pushing, pushing the athlete to give more, to be more and support them at the same time with my words and actions. So growth mindset, psychological safety, which ties back to our needs as a human motivational climate. That has to be the environment that you create and purpose and belonging. Every athlete on that roster has to understand what their purpose is and how they connect to the greater picture of the team, because that gives them value. It shows that they're valuable and they have purpose.
1: And do you think this is difficult for coaches, Donna?
2: Yes. Yes. Difficult and necessary. Adding adding to your coaching, coaching style, adapting to the individual, providing what the players and team need, even if it's outside of your personality. Yes, it's it can be difficult. And there are coaches that do it well, right? A couple come to mind is is Josh Walters at JMU, a good friend of mine. Matt Kosinuk at Eastern Kentucky. I've watched him through his career. I'm working with him. Jed O'Connor at Troy. He has evolved and is hitting all of this out of the park, in in my opinion. So there, there are coaches out there that are doing this well. There are coaches that... In all honesty, need to be pushed, <laughs> need to be pushed in this area. And at first take a good look in the mirror and be pushed. A lot of times it's not necessarily doing a 180 and changing your coaching style. It's just adding to. It's adding other tools in your toolbox for coaching your athletes.
1: Let's end with this as we're talking about pushing players to get more from them with Big D, Donna Fischer, a distinguished leadership coach and team architect. What would be your advice, Big D, for coaches who want to grow in this area of pushing players to get more from them?
2: Besides finding someone like me who's going to hold the mirror up to you and be honest, you got to do it yourself right? You got to do it for yourself and for your players. Sustained success is going to come from this. What coach has not said these phrases to their team or players? You need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Are you doing that coach? I just said that you may need to add some things to your coaching style, adapt, maybe even do something outside of your normal personality to create a certain environment. That might be uncomfortable, but isn't that what we ask from our players? Something else we say as coaches, you need to get better at blank. Well, coaches, are we getting better? You need to listen. Are we listening to our players? Advice, listen listen to what they're saying. That is it in a nutshell. We have to listen and then we have to be coachable. So find a colleague, get together with your staff and tell each other where you want to get better at and then hold each other accountable. We ask the players to do that within their team. So as a staff, please, that is one piece of advice I can give you is find those people that are going to push you as a coach and hold you accountable to the areas that that you wanna grow in, right? I mean, at Summit, the great Tennessee women's basketball coach said you win with people. And 70% of change happens because of the rapport between two people and 70% of change happens because of the environment people are in. This is a topic that we need to consider is how are we looking at our players as humans and how are we adapting our coaching style so that they are hearing the right things, getting the perception that we want them to have, and that enables us to push them more and get more out of them.
1: So I think I want to call this topic Deep Dive with Big D. And I would like to, and not this topic, but this visit, Deep Dive with Big D. And I'd like to have you on every six weeks. I know you have some other topics that you'd like to cover, perhaps six weeks from now and then another six weeks. Can you name two or three topics that uh, we might be able to deep dive with Big D on uh, over the next uh, several months?
2: Yeah, I think I'd love to sort of maybe take some rabbit trails off of this, uh, this to do with emotional intelligence, which I've been talking about on um, the podcast that, that Soccer Chat hosts uh, for me. So that, I think how to create a culture, dive more into to the environment, some specifics that, that coaches can do, that they can implement, right? Some things immediately that they can implement to help with their environment. So yeah, I think I think it'll be spin-offs from this this angle of the the people business.
1: Are you okay with that title? Deep dive with Big D? Yeah, I love it. All right. Last thing, where can people learn more about what you're doing, Donna? Where's your website one more time?
2: Website donnafischer.com. By the way, if you google my name, my website is not going to come up. I have no idea why. I'm working on that with a, with a web guy. So my website is literally my name, DonnaFisher.com. And then also on Twitter at Donna Fisher and Instagram at Donna Fisher.
1: All right, Donna Fisher. thanks for kicking off this important show, this important topic. And we'll see you in around six weeks or so, okay? Awesome. Sounds great. And speaking of great, back on April 22nd, My Mentor, the digital sports learning and coaching platform, announced their all new, quote, mentoring soccer coaches diploma created collaboratively alongside their ongoing partners, United Soccer Coaches. We will be joined by Sarah McQuaid, My Mentor's coach development mentor with more than 20 years of experience working in education, sports, and sports coach education, as well as james baker a director at my mentor who is a key part of the equation and of course in order to collaborate we need ian barker the director of coaching education he'll tie it all together with sarah mcquade and james baker from my mentor as part of the new mentoring soccer coaches diploma we'll have part one of a three-part series when we return
0: College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs.
1: Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. I want to thank Donna Fischer, Big D, for kicking off the show. Now we turn our attention to a three-part series that begins today all about my mentor teaming up with United Soccer Coaches to bring a new Mentoring Soccer Coaches Diploma. The training program, which launched in April of this year, was created by My Mentor with Sarah McQuaid and James Baker and the team at United Soccer Coaches, the world's largest soccer coaches organization that serves members at every level of the game. Now, all of the 30,000 plus United Soccer Coaches members will receive a 50% discount. That's right, 50% on the course as part of the ongoing partnership with My Mentor, spelled M I M E N T O R. While soccer coaching commonly focuses on the development of the player, this course has been created to develop the coaches, enhancing their professional knowledge, interpersonal knowledge, and intrapersonal knowledge. Sarah McQuaid, who I mentioned, my mentor's coach development mentor with more than 20 years of experience working in education, sports, and sports coach education, is excited to use her expertise in mentoring coaches and supporting the development of mentors, and you'll hear that in all three parts of this three part series. And so is James Baker, the director at My Mentor. And we tie it all together by inviting our director of coaching education for United Soccer Coaches, Ian Barker. With that, I welcome all three Ian Barker, Sarah McQuaid, and James Baker to talk about My Mentor in this new Mentoring Soccer Coaches Diploma. Good morning. Hi there. Pleasure to meet you. All right, and Ian Barker, off and running, and of course, the biggest part of this is the mentor part, and we talk a lot about mentor on United Soccer Coaches. We do it all the time, Ian, with the 30 Under 30 members, and it's in the name mentor, so Ian, as I let you turn it over to Sarah, talk about your excitement for this diploma. I really want to asked Sarah a lot about this, but we have a lot of experience, all of
3: us as coaches, I think, of identifying times in our coaching pathway where maybe we receive some mentorship or we have given some mentorship, but very often it's not a, a formal practice and it's not a learned skill through education. It's much more something you sort of just informally get into. So my first question for you, Sarah, and and welcome to you from, I believe, Massachusetts. Can you talk a little bit about how you sort of quantify the notion of mentorship and put it into a a formal platform, a formal program, if you will, as opposed to those more casual conversations you have over a cup of coffee or over a cocktail?
4: I will certainly try. It's interesting when we look at the research, what the research tells us about mentoring is that it is an ongoing practice. It's been an omnipresence for years and years and years and it's something that we all do quite naturally, quite subliminally and what the research tells us about some of the, the more sort of Organic mentoring is that it can have a really positive influence on the quality of coaching practice. So what we have done and what we're looking to do is to take the key features of those sort of very organic, very natural relationships and actually take the essence of these and break down those key skills so that people can acquire those skills to develop others. So that's really what we're looking to do is to help coaches get better at helping others.
3: When you're working with a mentor and and ultimately potentially with a mentoree, how do you help them? that it's not a process of just giving the answer. I think sometimes, in my experience at least, one individual wants the silver bullet the answer, and the other individual feels like they're there to solve all the problems of the world. I think I know the answer in in some degree, but how is it more organic than that? How is it more of a, almost like a guided discovery type process?
4: You ask a really good question. And I think if we think about coaches, our job is to help make coaches effective in their own rights, in their own environments and in their own spaces with their own players. And the job of a mentor is to help make the learning really sticky because the mentor is not going to be in those spaces and places, guiding, sharing, shoving, telling. So the job of a mentor, I believe, is sounding board. I believe their job is to ask really good questions to help make the coach think about the different options, the different solutions, the different methods to implement some of the solutions and again the mentor's job is or the skills that they need is the ability to ask some really good questions and listen intently they may well know the answer but really the mentor's job is to set up some guided handrails and actually help the mentor move towards it so that they can create what the research is calling this sort of autonomy supportive environment i just call it making the learning sticky
3: sticky i like that So so James, welcome to you. I, I know you're in the UK. So I thought Sarah did a really nice job of teeing us up with what the idea of mentorship is, but your company name is my mentor. So clearly this particular educational program within your entire coach development platform is central, the whole notion of mentorship, but what other type of coach development skills does My Mentor address in some of your other educational offerings?
5: Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be on this podcast. Absolutely, we are called My Mentor, and the ambition was always to, to be a platform that gives people from all over the world the opportunity to be mentored by people that have lived and breathed at the highest levels to, to sort of almost be an accessible and affordable option for people to, to sort of get that growth and, and that development from a personal level. So that ties very nicely into why we've, we've called it My Mentor and it's taken a while to get the course off the ground, but we are very delighted to finally do that and to be offering this to obviously the United Soccer Coaches members, but also on a broader scale as we, we move through the calendar year. I think in terms of My Mentor's vision, it's always about a holistic approach to content development as and a coach education. So it's about providing support for the all-rounded coach. We typically deliver all kinds of content, particularly around the psychology, the communication, in this case, the mentoring. This is those skills that really, like the softer skills at times, can be overlooked. And that's why we looked at those courses to provide alongside the technical and tactical elements that we offer. And I think that all-rounded approach to development of a coach is critical, really, to help them develop and move forward in their journey.
1: James, I'm going to jump in here because I noticed in the press release you said that you're delighted to continue to collaborate with United Soccer Coaches, which means that you've been partnered with United Soccer Coaches for well over a year. With that, what drew you to United Soccer Coaches? And then you also say in this announcement that you believe this course will prove hugely beneficial to all of our members and to the wider coaching workforce Talk to us about what you mean by the wider coaching workforce as well as the first part of that question, what drew you to United Soccer Coaches?
5: Yeah, of course. The first part of the question is obviously it's one of the biggest associations and companies within soccer and it's well respected and and sort of people go there to get quality education. That was one of the reasons why as an education provider, we would like to link up and partner with an association or an organization like that. So that was one of the reasons why we linked in. I worked at a university previously and we used to go to United Soccer Coaches conventions every January and promote the idea of doing a distance learning degree. And it was sort of from that going out there and experiencing The convention and meeting the likes of Ian and Sarah just made sense to, to continue that partnership and always to offer something in the U.S., from the UK in terms of coach education. So that was kind of where the partnership started and and why we're delighted to be working with United Soccer Coaches moving forward.
1: Sarah, I come back to you now because I noticed that you say that this program, this diploma will help coaches explore the role of the mentor and introduce various skills, tools, and resources to help them be effective. Then with that, Ian Barker, who's also co-hosting this with me, says this about this program, and I want your reaction to it. Ian says one of the most powerful aspects of successful coach education and development is mentorship. And I've heard him say that for several years now, an intentional relationship between two coaches in which one draws from the experiences and insights of the other is a great learning opportunity for both coaches. Can you elaborate on that concept,
4: Sarah? It's interesting, you know, coach education courses, whether they are licenses, podcasts or webinars, are designed to introduce some key learning. And again, doesn't matter how good those licenses, courses, webinars, and podcasts are, if the coach doesn't have the opportunity to take that learning and apply it on the field. And really, the mentor's job, I believe, is to provide some work-based, supported practice to help that coach think about how they're going to apply it, consider how effectively they've applied it, but also try and make sense of how they've applied it and what they've learned. So for me, when you think about the amount of coaching hours that people coach within a week, actually, that's where the most that most of the learning happens is on the field and if i can have a guide a friend a support a mentor to help guide the direction of travel with some of that learning out on the field what better learning environment than in your own space
3: so sarah in terms of a little bit more nuts and bolts i like the way the course is set up it's almost a chapterized form so Mm. you sort of take a unit you complete the unit you do all of the reflective pieces and you move to the next unit. Can you give a a brief summary of the three units, like what they get in the introduction, what profiling looks like, and then what reflection looks like?
4: Sure, And, and again, you know, having leaned into this strange virtual world of us for the last 18 months because of COVID, we've learned that there's lots of lovely opportunities in the virtual world to introduce and layer learning. So what we've created is a program that is designed to utilize the online learning platform that my mentor is sharing with us. And what we will do is to introduce the learning, signpost learners to those online courses, challenge them to think about applying some of that learning in their own context and drawing them back to consider how effectively they've done it. So what we're doing is really sort of flipping this virtual classroom. So the learning comes first in the online courses. And then what we want to do is to help make sense of it. The first chunk of learning is really looking at the concept and practice of mentoring so what we do is we look at the roots of it we look at the relationships and we look at how those relationships manifest themselves in terms of the the interactions between those two people so we start to touch on on things like skill sets and how we use skill sets within the mentoring cycle the second chunk is designed then to help mentors adopt a more organized more structured approach to organizing coach learning so there is a coach profiling exercise that we are challenging coaches to undertake where they start to think about what are the skills and capabilities they want to develop and then the mentor is really looking to identify well not just in terms of what it was they want to develop but how they can help them develop that using that work-based environment that we've already mentioned. And that's that supported practice in the field. The final chunk will really allow us to come back together and answer the question that everybody has at the end of every course, which is, it's been brilliant, but what do I do now? So the final block will really look at how mentors can develop their own mentoring skills but also how they can continue to develop the mentoring programs and the mentoring relationships that they have.
3: Thank you. So James, outside of the challenge of half the world uses football and half the world uses soccer, outside of that challenge when you're creating an online educational tool, coach development tool that you'd like to be accessible to an American market, certainly a European market, when you're in that building process, where do you go for the IP resources? How do you identify people like Sarah or some of your colleagues back in the UK that can speak to a, a broader audience than a, than a very tight geographical one? How do you do that?
5: We typically use the networks within sport. So not only myself, but um, some of the other directors within the business and our sort of investment holders of the Enigma Holdings Group. They actually have a. A, a diverse and a, and a very big network that allows us to obviously utilize them, utilize their networks to engage in people that have a background in education and potentially have a lot of experience in terms of delivering content in a certain way. On the platform itself, we deliver sort of not only a holistic content, but in a way that we deliver theory plus the application. And I think those two elements actually allow us to to then navigate to the mentors that we need to actually deliver that content in the manner and the consistency that we like. So that's typically how we do it. One of the networks, for example, was actually yourself, Ian, where you introduced me to Sarah back at the convention probably three years ago now. Uh, And since then, we've collaborated on three or four pieces of content with this being being sort of the biggest one to date, but we've got a future plan moving forward as well. So it's utilising networks, seeing their sort of education and their background in terms of delivery and and what they've experienced and using those insights and knowledges and and the theory and the research led part of their sort of background to deliver content. So you use
3: the term soft skills and it's a term that, that I use and when Sarah and I are working on some programs we use this soft skills notion things that are outside of the X's and O's and I think sometimes we'll find a better term than soft skills because it's almost a pejorative but if you want to tease a little bit what
5: other types
3: of courses do you maybe have in development now without giving too much away what is next
5: in the sequence one we have just launched last week was supporting mental health for your players so that is really looking at now we're returning to play particularly in the UK and you know slightly different in the US with certain associ- uh, state associations the ability to return to play and you know those players as much as the coaches have been through something that they'll never probably experience again hopefully and that return to play and I've seen it with the academy players that I'm training is they've all experienced something very different and personal to them and everyone has a different journey. So that sort of content and being able to support coaches in that is that sort of softer skills and also the content that's perhaps not always widely available on other sort of coaching and and websites that you can go to. So the idea was not only do we do that, we do psychology, looking with Philippa, we look at anxiety. Obviously, Sarah touched on earlier with communication, introduction to sort of emotional intelligence, which looks at the empathy. So again, there's quite a lot around the softer skills, if you like, to support the all-rounded coach. And then we do look at, obviously, principles of play playing out from the back where you get a great deal of content in sessions and also decision making so how to improve the decision making your players as well thank you
3: so sarah obviously the my mentor program are you engaged in other mentorship programs i know you work with usta for example
4: yeah that's uh the the day job which is keeping me super busy but i have had the good fortune of being involved in all sorts of mentoring programmes. Mostly these have been around sort of the, the women into coaching and the women's leadership agenda. So starting back sort of uh, six or seven years ago, one of the first opportunities that I had was with the International Paralympic Committee, supporting women leaders in the Paralympic field to break through the glass ceilings that were sort of present in Europe. And that was really sort of a leadership piece. I've also recently been involved supporting some women coaches as part of an international high performance programme. The other opportunity they have had is through the, the US Olympic and Paralympic Committee as part of their International Coach Development Programme. So there's just a wealth of experience that I have managed to acquire and coupled with my sort of coach education background and my ability to design programmes, what I wanted to do was to gather all of this intel and organise this so we can help other people to undertake this mentoring role by design and not by accident. So really, again, it comes back to helping these mentors become unbelievably good because the better they are, the better their coaches will be. And the better coaches, the better players.
1: My Mentor, the digital sports learning and coaching platform, announcing a collaboration with United Soccer Coaches and their all-new Mentoring Soccer Coaches Diploma. This is the first of a three-part series with James Baker, the director at My Mentor, and, of course, Sarah McQuaid, My Mentor's coach, development mentor. Sarah, as we put a bowl on this first segment, knowing that you're back next week and the following week, what is your biggest message about this new relationship? Please, if you can tease next week's show where perhaps we can talk about the three blocks that the course will be divided into and then end with a website where everybody can learn more about my mentor, please.
4: I'll let James add the website link to close, but in terms of a teaser, what I would just encourage everybody who is either formally or informally, officially or unofficially responsible for developing coaches, and actually would like to become better at developing coaches, then I think there is some absolute nuggets in this course for them, both in terms of knowledge, tools, and skills to acquire to help them become better at that piece.
5: Thanks, Sarah. And just to follow on, if you go to mymentorportal.com, we've got a couple of articles on there about what the role of the mentorship and, and following on from Sarah's great pieces of work. Um, and there's a, obviously a register and find out the schedule there.
1: All right, outstanding. We will be back next week and then the following week with more on My Mentor, teaming up with the United Soccer Coaches to bring a new mentoring soccer coaches diploma exciting times for united soccer coaches we'll be back with more on the united soccer coaches podcast presented by team snap this is dean linky again and i wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's united soccer coaches digital convention such a great success I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit United Soccer Coaches Convention.org. That's right, you can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer, and again, visit United Soccer Coaches Convention.org. welcome back to a jam-packed united soccer coaches podcast show i am so grateful to jonas worth the new member of united soccer coaches for making me aware of stephanie savino she's a head coach she's a director she works for the asphalt green soccer club she works for major league soccer right there in new york city she lives in new york city with her husband chris they just celebrated their second anniversary happy anniversary by the way steph
6: thank you thank you
1: yeah she's the director at major league soccer as i mentioned and a head coach at Asphalt Green Soccer Club for the girls U19 side after volunteering with the club in 2020. Steph is a former D3 women's head coach from Pratt Institute in Brooklyn and played D1 women's soccer. And in fact, women's lacrosse, by the way, Steph, I call a lot of women's lacrosse. So I admire that. That was at Siena college in Albany. She is currently in her fifth season at major league soccer within the consumer products department, focusing on retail marketing. Steph, welcome to the United soccer coaches podcast presented by team snap.
6: Thank you so much, Dean. Thanks for having me excited to be here.
1: Yeah. We have a lot to cover because you're doing a lot of neat, things. I want to start with your formal education. Why? Well, because it involves United Soccer Coaches. First of all, you have your U.S. Soccer B license, or you're finishing it. You completed your master's degree in recreation and sports science with a focus in soccer coaching through Ohio University and United Soccer Coaches in 2020. Of course, Steph, I got to make it a little bit about me. I did my undergraduate at Ohio U, so we're fellow Bobcats. And you also had additional coaching certifications from United Soccer Coaches, including the Advanced National Diploma and other special topics but i do want to dig into that ohio you thing because that's a great course what did you take out of that
6: first go bobcats Thank uh you. fellow bobcat the program with ohio was absolutely the best program i i enrolled in and i had two years of great education from a slew of great professors and my coaching network grew because of it so We learned so many topics, sports psychology, coaching through youth development, learning about long-term player development. You name it, we were taught it. And I loved the program and I'm so excited that I actually still speak with a lot of folks from the program. So it was a great opportunity and great network.
1: I feel like, Stephanie Savino, the biggest thing about you is you're always learning and growing. You're not afraid to take on new things. One of those new things is... You started a, quote, coffee with coaches, end quote, Zoom call by reaching out to your Twitter followers. Moments later, many new friends reached out to participate on a weekly call about any and all coaches related topics coaches from around the world called in to participate or lead the conversation i want to hear about this coffee with coaches
6: (laughs) so it just one day i was just like hey you know why don't i send out a tweet and ask other coaches if they want to just chat i think i learn a lot from other coaches and even when we go through the formal education there's so many benefits that you get just from meeting coaches part of the courses or or so forth so I went out on a whim I sent the tweet I had an amazing response and shortly after chatted with coaches from around the world on a week-to-week basis I had coaches from the U.S., Canada, England one coach called in from Egypt so the time difference was crazy for him but he still called in it was just an informal discussion and quite frankly now I left with even more coaches in my coaching network just because of this simple Coffee with Coaches call. So it was a um, a great turn of events during COVID and just keeping everyone engaged and everyone active in the game regardless of what it was. So it was, a, it was a great call.
1: Is Coffee with Coaches, is it still around or did it disappear in the ether of social media? Can we find them anywhere?
6: It unfortunately disappeared, but that doesn't mean that we can't reinvigorate it. I definitely speak with the Lot of the coaches on a miscellaneous basis here and there, so there is no problem bringing that back to life.
1: Well, I mentioned what you do for Asphalt Green Soccer Club, as we'll get more into what you're doing for Major League Soccer, but you started this new educational program at AGSC, and I want to talk a little bit about it and then get your thoughts. Your passion goes beyond growing the sport and coaching the game. You are committed to inspiring young female athletes that see that coaching is a profession That they can pursue after their playing career and that their involvement with the sport doesn't have to end on a final whistle i love that Haley carter who heads up the women's advocacy group i know she loves that as well and in 2020 you started a female mentorship and empowerment program with your club that is awesome which allows all female athletes u18 to u19 to participate in a monthly discussion around important topics to help advance their development on and off the pitch I absolutely am over the moon on this. I've been around the women since 89, probably before you were born when they were preparing for the first world cup. in in 91, we need to create more opportunities for women. This is exciting. Can you tell us more about it?
6: Yes. So as part of the club, you notice that there's very few female coaches involved with the game. And as a female coach, I do feel the responsibility to say, This is an opportunity and a job that you can pursue regardless of where you are in the game, because even if you're playing it still, you can still coach the youth and still be involved in such a bigger way. So by initiating this program with the club, I said, I'm a female coach and I'd like to speak with more of the female athletes outside of the ones that I just coach. So I started a program where we meet once a month and we talk about really important topics that perhaps they're not learning about in school. So it goes beyond sports psychology, confidence, motivation. We've talked about similar topics from what I learned at Ohio with the long-term player development model, putting together player development goals and building a plan for yourself that takes you through your player journey. So really great discussions that I have with the girls and Girls from the U8 to the U19 side join the call, so it's also good for the U19 players to have a moment where they can inspire and mentor some of the younger players in the club, so that happens naturally through the calls as well, so they're a great thing to be part of. Well,
1: and it goes back to the notion, if you can see it, you can be it, and if these young girls can see Stephanie Savino getting it done, then they can be it, right?
6: Love it. Absolutely. That's what I want to happen for sure.
1: They also can see that you are doing multiple things. This is not easy to have this big role with Major League Soccer and then also still want to coach. But I can tell that you wouldn't have it any other way, right? You want to work for Major League Soccer. They're thriving, but you also want to be a coach.
6: Yeah, there's so many ways that you can be involved with the game. And if you really put your mind to it and dedicate your time to it, those endless possibilities await for you. And while I work full-time with MLS, I am a full-time coach as well. And I love everything I do. And I, and I love having the drive to do it because I feel like if you don't have that drive, then you're really missing out on all the endless possibilities that await you. So you just have to keep at it and find the time to do it.
1: (laughs) Well, and because you have that drive and because you love to coach and you love the sport, It must be a dream come true to work for Major League Soccer. Tell us how you made that happen and how you evolved into this role. And then tell us what you do with this role with Major League Soccer.
6: So a perfect opportunity opened up at MLS now five years ago. And I was previously in the fashion world and working at Ralph Lauren. So I had some great experience under my belt working in marketing. Then this role opened up for myself. And honestly, it's been quite the journey ever since. Being involved with the sport in a bigger way just to impact fans of the sport is so unique. And honestly, it's my way of touching the game on and off the field. So I do a lot of retail marketing, make sure our club branding and league branding is in the best possible way out there from a retail perspective. So I have such great relationships with third party retailers and make sure that soccer continues to grow and continues to be something that fans and consumers truly see as something that they can be part of. Lots of ways I engage with the sport.
1: (laughs) I love asking folks, no matter what level they are, about memories and mentorship. I told you that Jonas Worth was kind enough to say, hey, you've got to talk to Stephanie Savino. She'll be a bright light on the podcast. He was not wrong as well. Talk about uh, your tie to Jonas and who are some key influences in your life along the way?
6: So Jonas and I had met at Pratt Institute, actually. So I was his assistant coach for a couple of years. <laughs> so he was a great mentor to me and made sure that I understood my role as a coach and especially my role as, as, as an assistant coach. And from there, I started to understand ways in which I can develop as a head coach too. So I was also given that opportunity um, a couple of years later And there's a lot of people that have inspired me in the game. And I'm so blessed to have really great mentors at Major League Soccer, Jeff Agus being one of them. I really admire his ability to honestly carve out a lot of hours of his time to talk with me and talk about coaching. And I really, really admire educators because that is something that I do look to pursue and look to be part of in a bigger way as well. So I've had some great instructors along the way, not only the educators at Ohio University, but throughout my licensed courses and making sure that I keep in touch with them too, because they are great mentors to me as well. If I look to pursue that in a bigger way,
1: as we look at great unifiers and in today's world, we need to be unified in everything. I feel like there's no better entity that unifies than United soccer coaches because they advocate they're about education and they're about service. You were able to experience that through the Ohio U program and MLS used to do, always do the draft as well with United soccer coaches. Just talk about what the association has meant to you.
6: The association, honestly, it feels like a family and it's just a coaching family because I've am connected with folks that also love to inspire individuals on and off the pitch. So for me, it's about that. It's about the idea of community and dropping a note to a fellow United Soccer Coaches member just saying like, Hey, can we chat? I have an idea, but I need to run it by someone. So It's really just about that for me, and I'm so thankful to be part of it.
1: Two more questions for Stephanie Savino. She's got it going on. She's the head coach at Asphalt Green Soccer Club. She's also a director at Major League Soccer. She's got coffee with coaches going, and she started this new educational program at her club, AGSC. We've covered all of that as well. I just got done calling two more games for the NWSL, the North Carolina Courage playing Orlando and Houston playing Kansas City. As someone who played and who coached, when you see the growth of NWSL, and I realize you're at Major League Soccer, but it's never been a better time for women's soccer as well right now, Steph.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to see women's soccer taking off in the country in a bigger way. We've got some great idols to look up to that play the sport and that coach the sport. So this is going to be a a continuation of bigger things for soccer to come and seeing now aside from COVID, but seeing even more fans in the stadiums at women's soccer games, that's huge. And that means our youth and our, and our female player right now is saying, wow, I can play on the big stage too. And I can be. Carly Lloyd I can be Alex Morgan you you name it so it's really an awesome thing for our country and our sport and I'm so excited that I too am part of it but in a different way
1: Jonas Worth always gets it right I barely know the man but every name that he's suggested he's been spot on and you are (laughs) outstanding I mean that Yeah, she's a director at Major League Soccer. She is coaching at Asphalt Screen Soccer Club. She started this coffee with coaches that perhaps it's gone, but it may come back in this incredible educational program at AGSC. If people want to follow you on social media and just be in touch with all the great things that you're doing, can you share where people can follow you, Steph? Because you're an exciting young person in the game.
6: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes, I'm simply at Steph Savino or Savino Steph. So it would depend on the social media handle, but Twitter and Instagram. And honestly, I I use it as an educational platform. And I love this opportunity to have some sort of way I can continue to educate athletes that Perhaps they're under my belt or not under my
1: belt. All right. So that's Steph Savino, S-A-V-I-N-O, and can do it on reverse, whether it's Twitter or Instagram. That's how you will find her. I'm telling you, folks, she smiles through her eyes, and she smiles with passion. I can tell because she loves what she's doing. Steph Savino, thanks so much for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap.
6: Thank you so much, Dean. Thanks for having me again.
1: Thanks to Steph and all of our wonderful guests. Don't forget the My Mentor program will continue next week and the following week. For Sean Chevro, Bailey Conklin, Jonas Worth, and all the great people at United Soccer Coaches, as well as our producer, Colin Thrash, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap.
6: Thanks
0: for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.